How is your Lent going? Is it going great? Is it going not so great? Well, regardless of how it's going, I'd like to give you an encouragement because there are different types of Lents. There are Lents when we kind of start so aggressive that we need to dial it back. And then there are Lents when we are too lax and we give up something like watermelon. (laughs) Then there are the Lents where it takes us a few weeks to hit our groove. But wherever you are right now, that's okay. If you're on track, keep at it. If you've had a false start or even if you didn't start at all, I want to say all is not lost because you are in a good place right now to acknowledge your weakness and then to lean more on God's strength. So, no matter how your Lent has been going to this point, the important thing is that you do whatever is necessary to let God work in your life now. And sometimes how we think things should go is different from God's plan for how things should go. A big part of finding peace is removing the filters, which is very often us simply telling God how things should be, and that typically doesn't work out. This is the fifth week of our message series called Unfiltered. If you've noticed this year, I'm sure you've noticed this year, as you came in, we revived the traditional practice of veiling some of our statues and images for this final stretch of Lent. This final two weeks of Lent have often been called Passion Tide, and these veils that are in different parts of, of the statues in the church are meant to heighten your sense of mystery and reverence, and then focus your attention more intently on the suffering and the sacrifice of Christ. Kind of like what happens when we remove the filters from our lives. A few weeks ago, Deacon John mentioned a social media app called TikTok. I don't know if he was talking from his own personal experience or if someone told him about it. Your own experience. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok, so this is what I've, this is what I've read. So TikTok is a, and I'm not making a political statement right now. It's a spiritual statement. TikTok is a social media app that allows users to create and share short videos, and users can apply filters to their videos along with special effects. Very often when we post things on social media, we want to present our idea of perfection, but very often our idea of perfection is not God's idea of perfection. Anyhow, on TikTok, I guess there is a trend right now of using a filter called teenage look. And I guess the way teenage look works, I guess it uses AI or something, and basically what it does is it smooths out all of your wrinkles, it removes all of your blemishes so that it can make a mature adult look like a teen. So the older you are, the more dramatic the result. There's people actually post videos of themselves doing this online. And some people think that the image they see is an idealized version of themselves that has faded away. But this is twisted. It's twisted because, you know, when we're young, 
we want to look older. But then I guess when we're older, then we want to look younger. However, I think this dynamic brings us face to face with something. And the thing it brings us face to face with is the reality of our own mortality. The reality of our mortality. Because like it or not, signs of aging are signs of death. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's true, I'm sorry. (laughs) And no one can escape this. This is what happens, we're born, we grow up, and then we die. Let me give you a shocking statistic, and this is true for each person here. One out of every one person (laughs) is going to die. (laughs) I'm glad everyone's laughing because I said this last night and no one laughed. (laughs) Is death really the end? No, thank you. No, death is not the end. And that is the filter that Jesus is trying to peel back in today's gospel because his death gives us life. Today's gospel takes place about a week before Jesus enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and we can feel the tension rising as news of Jesus' miracles and teaching spread throughout the area. And the religious leaders of his day are doing everything they can to discredit Jesus, and they have even begun to plot to put him to death. So the scene that we heard, it opened with Jesus receiving word that his friend Lazarus was ill, But Jesus seems to write it off. He says, this illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of Man, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then it seems like Jesus decides to take his time when it comes to going to help. And then when he finally arrives in Bethany of Judea, where his, his friends are, we learn that Lazarus has already been dead for four days. And just to be clear, four days is significant because it means he's really dead. When we face problems, very often we want immediate solutions. But sometimes God seems to delay so that the filters that keep us from seeing things as God sees them can be removed. And then we hear Martha. Now, Martha is wonderful. She speaks to Jesus so honestly, but she is speaking to Jesus through the filter of her grief. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's it's beautiful how just honestly she can speak to Jesus. Now, that's how we should speak to him in our prayer. But to begin to remove this filter, Jesus reassures her. He says to her, he says, your brother will rise. And Martha responds, I know he'll rise in the resurrection on the last day. So Martha, she does profess her faith in the resurrection of the dead, but she doesn't get that her brother's death is not the end. And so we hear Jesus proclaim. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. If you've ever lost someone you loved or or been to a funeral, these words of Jesus should be a profound consolation in the midst of very deep grief and loss. 
For us who have received God's grace, for us who take our relationship with Jesus seriously, we know death is not the end. And as brutal and painful as death might be and as difficult to watch, death is the door that we must pass through if we're to live forever. Now, Martha and the others, they're still not getting what Jesus is talking about. So Jesus asks them to take him to Lazarus' tomb. And once they're there, Jesus gives the command, take away the stone. Each of us friends have stones and filters in our lives that prevent us from seeing what God is doing in and around us. But they gotta be removed if we're going to see things as God sees them and if we're going to have all of the life that God wants for us. This includes the filters of grief, disbelief, the false idea that our best days are behind us, and so much more. Now admittedly, it is difficult to remove these filters, and so we hear Martha object to opening the grave. She says, Lord, by now there will be a stench, for he has been dead for four days. You know, deep comp- decomposition of the corpse has already begun. But God's plan is always better than our plan. God's plan, God's plan is always better than our plan. And in the miracle he's about to perform, Jesus is going to prove this. Because what Jesus is doing, and just to get how how big this is, he's not just bringing back someone from the cusp of death. He's raising someone who is really dead. He's doing something that only God can do, and he's doing this to prove the truthfulness of everything he said to this point. So they remove the stone, and then Jesus cries out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And to the astonishment of all, the dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. But here's the kicker. Even though Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus would die again. Because this was simply a resuscitation to earthly life, not resurrection to eternal life. That door, the door to resurrection to eternal life is opened by Jesus' death and by his resurrection. And eternal life is beyond anything we can imagine. No one in today's gospel had any idea how things were going to end well. But everything ends well when we trust in God's plan. I don't know what's going on in your life, but even if things are not going well, you're just like the people in today's gospel who had no idea how things would end well. But with God's plan, no matter how bad things might look, everything ends well. Not even death can stand in the way of God's plan. So, 
Where in your life, where in your life is God asking you to trust more in his plan?